electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Market Moving Insight and Analysis. Join Jim Cramer, David Faber, and me, Carl Quintanilla, on the opening bell hour of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Tuesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber, live from separate locations. Futures have been around the block overnight as Peter Navarro clarifies his comments about the China trade deal. And the president tweets it is, quote, fully intact. Nasdaq's coming off seven straight wins and has erased all of that dramatic June 11 sell-off. Oil holding 41, the highest since March. Uh, but, Jim, pretty much the conversation, at least in the early part of the session, uh, will revolve around uh, what Peter Navarro meant to say on Fox last night. Yeah, it was a little confusing. Uh, uh, I, I think that he was pretty definitive saying it was dead. The president was pretty definitive saying the uh, trade deal was on. Uh, there's also some who would ever think that this would happen. Good news out of Europe. Uh, PMIs are strong. Of course, they're they're inflating things in their economy like we are. So we're actually going up for them. So I also think there might have been a short squeeze. Those of us who watched when Navarro said what he said, the market just plummeted. And I think some of these overnight traders uh, just said, OK, it's going to open down really badly. I'm going to get short. Uh, and then they got whipsawed because you didn't think that Navarro could be, uh, let's say, um, reversed as quickly as he was, given the fact he's a very close confidant of the president. Yeah, uh, I, almost exactly what Art Cash is saying this morning. Uh, uh, whipsaw resulted in a good deal of short covering. He says the bulls may now reassert control, Jim. He says to do that, they need to take the Dow up by more than 450. Well, uh, the bulls are, when you watch the market ahead of time, you see so many stocks going up for no particular reason. A lot of Dow stocks are up. I mean, look at Nike. This is classic. Nike reports on Thursday. Another <laughs> firm recommends it with a big price target boost. That's three this week. I mean, uh, David, when they do this, they don't do it idly. I mean, is Nike going to go up 20 when they report on Thursday? Because these guys know something? No, they don't know anything. <laughs> I mean, you know, and I know they don't know anything other than they don't want to be on the wrong side of the trade. They don't want to right. be on the wrong side of the momentum that they see. And then you can sort of back into evaluation that justifies the move in some way. You know, it takes a little more guts to actually downgrade on valuation if you want to do that. And oftentimes you end up being wrong anyway, Jim, as, right. as, as you know, certainly in a market like the one that we appear to be in right now. I mean, uh. you look at Nike. I look at Zoom video. I know one of the names, of course, in your in your portfolio. Right. It's a 70 plus billion dollar market value now with what? I think two billion in revenues expected. Well, it changed the so world. You're getting up there. You know, I can 35 make a times case revenues. For it. OK, go ahead. Um, uh, pure momentum. Now, now, I mean, Zoom went from 20, <laughs> 20 million to 300 million. Maybe it goes to 500 million. Uh, the cost is very low as you add customers. Is Zoom. Um, uh, extreme net. Well, now remember the companies that because uh, I'm trying to avoid WorldCom because WorldCom is just the opposite. Yeah, no, WorldCom is a separate story. Is Zoom but is Cisco? It, yeah, I know what you mean. Is Zoom Cisco, is, or, which yeah. became you know Eric used to right. be there, Eric Human. Is Cisco became what a four hundred billion dollar company, and still not there? 
I mean, maybe Zoom is the Cisco yeah. of this year because it does have a, you could line up 90, 99 with this year. And then it turns out that maybe mm-hmm. it's January of 99. And, and you'll have missed the, the next 900 points in Qualcomm. $1,000 price target. Remember that one, David? I do. Of course I do. Uh, very well. I think it was Walt Pysik. Who was right? going to be the first trillion? Walt Pysik. Naveen. Yeah. yeah. I rem- um, no, I remember all of those very well, Jim. And I remember how long it went on for. And I know there's a case to be made with Zoom. But isn't there also a case to be made that they're going to be hitting sort of their peak subscriber level in some ways? People start to go back to work. And, and get a bit tired of uh, endless Zoom calls? Or is the growth there just sort of set in for some time and they're going to figure out all sorts of different ways to monetize an ever-growing user base? I think the latter. I also don't think uh, there's going to uh, – look, I think that it's here to stay. They can op- they can do different tiers. When we get 5G, it's going to be fabulous for them. I, I'm sure some of the things that the worldwide developers uh, at Apple yesterday, if some of it could be used by Zoom. Zoom has got uh, – I had a guy on last night. Uh, for, for, who literally a, a, a checkpoint? Who literally said that Zoom has much better, uh, much much better uh, controls and, and security than it had, and, and that's remarkable. So I mean, but you know, let's let's talk about two companies that I'm focused on today: Square and PayPal. Square, a very negative article in the New York Times today about them uh, basically cutting off credit to some people. But uh, PayPal and Square missed the quarter. All right, they missed, David. They didn't make. They missed. And their stocks are up gigantically from May 6th when they missed. And this is one where I just find, now, why are they going up if they missed the quarter? At least Zoom blew away the quarter. It's not right to me. And I love those two companies. But it's not right that we come in every day and there's nothing new. Nothing. PayPal's $100 billion, and it's just a fantastic company. But they missed the quarter. PayPal's uh, 200 $200 $200 billion $200 market billion. value, Jim. And $200 billion market value. Yeah. So, I mean, we're going to be talking to MasterCard. They have a $300 billion value. I mean, look, you get our, all these are wrong. But, David, if you, all we can do is demonstrate that there have been other instances where this didn't work. We can't say you got to short PayPal because PayPal's a great company. It is. And it's like contactless. It's the gener- the next generation. It's TikTok, David. It's TikTok. I mean, no, you're, that's listen, you're right, for, Carl. There's a, I know. shorthand for a billion people looking to for, do a contactless. Shorthand trade. for right another hot, potentially 150 billion plus dollar company right? if and when it comes public, being TikTok. And you listen, old Jim, there, there are some hedge Get fund managers. The there are some hedge fund managers who believe PayPal is going to. Uh, going to actually multiples from here in terms of right. its market value. Why it's, not? If it's a its 200. long-term growth path is, yeah, is when, when we used to talk, David, I used to say the reason it's a $200 billion is because it's going to $300 billion. How wise is that? I, I once went to the Tishes, uh, the smartest people in the world, Lowe's, and I recommended PepsiCo. And, and, and Mr. Tish said, why? I said, because it's at 90, and all stocks that are at 90 go to 100. It went to 100. He thought I was a genius. I mean, admittedly, a kind of a, 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 a guy I had on last night, kind of like a, 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 a Dave Portnoy genius. But, David, PayPal, maybe it's a 200 because it has to get to 300. Maybe that's what's happened. And maybe well, you're just It's been a busy old. week. 
It's been a busy week in payments overall, Jim. Uh, we're going to talk to Michael Mebach of uh, MasterCard in the next half hour. Uh, Oppenheimer today cuts it to market perform. They think Visa is going to take share. Of course, Amex was cut to sell by UBS yesterday. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of things about uh, share being uh, split. There's cross-border travel. There's European business maybe being a little bit better than U.S. So there's a lot to consider right yeah, now. Yeah, I mean, Carl, there was an article in the, in the journal about how uh, Alphabet is not getting the, tr- the traditional travel ads. And we heard that from Barry Diller on our own network. Of course they're not. I mean, there's just not as much cross-border as there was. So, I mean, this is a whole group of stocks that I think are, are fraught. They can go down. But then, you know, these are vaccine stocks. If you get a vaccine, you want a short MasterCard? A vaccine. I mean, if, I've never seen anything like this in our markets. If, if J&J or Regeneron or Glaxo or Pfizer, Oxford, if they came up with a vaccine, you are going to wish you owned MasterCard at, at 400 That's what it is. It's the vaccine trade. Jim, you mentioned uh, uh, Portnoy on your show last night. Right. uh, Talking about whether or not for a certain generation of traders right now, uh, looking at stocks is simply filling time until sports returns. Here's what he told you. I'm enjoying the stock stuff. Uh, You know, my firm, DDTG, we've made our marks. I wasn't expecting that. So it's been fun. But I'm a sports guy. I'm a sports better. Uh, I want sports back. And when it comes back, that's going to be where my focus is. But for now, I am having fun with the stock game, as you well know. Wow. All right. So that's uh, Portnoy with the CEO of Barstool. Jim, I mean, how, how uh, illustrative is that of uh, investor mindset right now? Well, I mean, look, he's got a 66 million people follow David. Uh, I think he's incredibly funny and creative. But you have to have to have to watch on Twitter his, his assassination of the Deutsche Bank guy who downgraded Penn National, who he now works with. I mean, it was the kind of thing that, that, David, you and I might joke about off camera after maybe 40 margaritas. Uh, and it is, it is so brilliant. I mean, it is just like he wipes the floor with the Deutsche Bank guy. And, and you could argue maybe right. that's wrong, but you could argue, well, hold it. Who are we? To say, I mean, there's that guy, he might be the U.S. attorney soon, the Clayton he was on. I mean, does he, Clayton, he has, do yeah. they know anything about Twitter at the SEC? Do they? Uh, I think they know some things. What yeah, do they I know? I think they know some things. Who I do mean, they listen, follow? Uh, I, I, I don't know. El, El I don't Jefe, know. I don't know. He's, I mean, but if you follow. Clayton's got an interesting road ahead for him. Uh, there was an interesting uh, memorandum, memorandum of understanding, by the way, between the SEC and the Department of Justice yesterday, Macon Del Rahim and, and, uh, and Clayton. What uh, do they understand? They've been working on something for a while. What is uh, they, the, what they, they you know, you've got to keep an eye on sort of trading and on the proxy advisors. Um, it sort of opens up the way for them to keep a closer eye on a lack of competition or at least tying sort of them uh, tying certain businesses to others. David, in you're those talking areas, about genuine regulation. You're speaking news. about regulation. Yeah, genuine regulation and news. I know getting away from Mr. Well, Portnoy. I mean, that's Listen, kind of, I don't the president's know. I feel got like a tweet I, any minute that that's just out of that's way out of bounds. Yeah, I'm I, going I, to Twitter. I suppose and see what that's he says. true. No, he's going to he's going to the world that we that. live in. By the way, Jim, I mean, not to, but I remember 20 years, 20 something years ago, sitting across from Joe Kernan and making a lot of fun of analysts and having my penguins and doing all those things. I mean, that guy Portnoy was probably <laughs> in high school, but 
You know, kind <laughs> or of, diapers. Been, yeah, but David there, is the that, logical. You know? He's the logical extension. Erica Nardini <laughs> is a brilliant CEO. Remember, they they have a lo- a big portfolio. Now, look, I mean, when sports comes back, I mean, David is he's going to be more sport. Obviously, sports. But I mean, when I talk to him, I say, "Listen, are you having fun?" Now, I do. I want people to follow him. If you follow him, he tells you not to follow him. I mean, he does it. Listen, I'm having some fun here. But there are people who love him. And he hit the uh, cruise lines. He hit the airlines right. But, you know, he he pantsed Warren Buffett. But I I, I think that Warren has had many good investments over the years. Um, He did say that how could a guy who's 90 be be at the top of his game? Uh, And the answer is you probably can be at the top of your game if you're Warren Buffett. But is he entertaining? Oh, my. He's must watch. He's must-watch. You don't have to do what he says, but he is must-watch. Deutsche Bank. Oh, my. Please go to Twitter and real. That was a reaming like I've never seen. It's hysterical. Guys, we'll take a break here. Uh, futures look pretty good. As Jim said earlier, PMIs out of Europe aren't bad. We'll get our own at 945. Got some calls on Nike today. We mentioned MasterCard, a new street high on Peloton, a downgrade of Micron. We'll get to all of that when Squawk in the Street comes back. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. What a day for Apple yesterday, set to open at a fresh record high. Of course, WWDC was yesterday, as uh, Tim Cook talked about a new iOS And, of course, that transition from Intel chips to Apple's own. Here's what he said. The Mac has had three major transitions in its history. The move to PowerPC, the transition to Mac OS X, and the move to Intel. And now it's time for a huge leap forward for the Mac. Because today is the day we're announcing that the Mac is transitioning... To our own Apple Silicon. This morning, Jim, uh, Deutsche says this is a financial and reputational negative for Intel, obviously. But they say it could be worth 30 cents a share. Yeah, and some people think it's going to be worth as high as 46 cents a share in the out years. I remember when Intel cracked into Apple. It was one of the biggest things ever. I remember sitting down with Intel, with Intel saying, when are you going to get that Apple business? And they got it in 2005. Uh, but people have turned on Intel over time and don't feel it's kept up with, uh, yes, with AMD, but, of course, the one that my dog is named after, NVIDIA, uh, or, or Arm Holdings, which is the one that they're using. And I, all I can say is, is that, that, that yesterday was all incremental, and yet the analysts all raised their price targets. And why do they do that? They, rec- they recognize something that, that the fabulous Mickey Drexler said yesterday when he was on Squawk Box, which he just said, you know, he just kind of threw it out. He said, everybody has an Apple phone. I mean, who doesn't have an Apple phone? So now you got all new features. I think that the sleep feature I want on, on the on for the uh, the watch, I love all these different incremental things that you can make a phone call and you can see other stuff on your screen. It's all incremental, but it's all fabulous. And what you have to do is you have to get with a young person 
and figure out all these new things. That's what I do. I have a, I have a guy named Dylan Reback. He teaches me everything about my Apple phone and everything about my Apple Watch. And holy cow, you need a guide. <laughs> you need a young person guide. But if you get it, you cannot believe how great these products are. David, you're going to uh, get it's the watch. It's true. There's no... Uh there's no manual for the shortcuts. Uh, Jim, interestingly, uh, uh, Peter Schack now, our producer, points out that Apple is responsible for 12.5% of the Dow's gain since the March 23rd low. 12.5%. Up 60% in three months. Well, I mean, it's kind of like Babe Ruth, what he said. He said, well, listen, he's having a good year, right? I mean, I, I think that, that, uh, that Tim Cook is incredible because what he has done, while it is incremental, if you look at the set, someone I, ha- I was with this weekend had the Apple 5. Someone had the Apple 7. These things look like Model A's and Model T's. All this incremental is nonsense. What you're ending up with is a product that is better and better and better and knows everything about you. And that's why I think that you, 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 all these little changes to the operating system make it so that you cannot believe the thing. I mean, I know the, the phone knows that, it, that at 5 o'clock I start my workout by listening to Pearl Jam. Now, how the hell is that possible? And the answer is, well, it's Apple. Apple knows. It knows everything, and it makes it makes life very, very easy. I mean, yesterday I turned on John Denver in the middle of the show. I didn't mean to, but I said a couple of magic words, and John Denver came on. Well, what happened is I said, I'm sorry, which is a song by John Denver, which was transferred to Siri, which then played it during my show. I love that. The viewers might not. Have. You do? You love, you love John Denver? Really? Yeah. David? Right. Yeah. Thank God I'm a country boy. Nice. I mean, David... What, Mountain Mama? Uh, Who the hell are you? There might be a day you don't want to listen to Pearl Jam. I love Pearl Jam. Black, You always start your workout with Pearl Jam? Always. Every workout starts with Pearl Jam. For three straight, ever since since they they indicted him, him, inducted him in the Hall of Fame, Eddie Vedder, I follow him too. He's a a genuine genius. David, you've got to get with the program. I'll try. And John Denver, Carl. He doesn't like John Denver. I'm with you, Jim. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I didn't say I didn't totally. like him. I mean, <laughs> I'm not saying Anna. You can have Anna. But, David, you, thank God I'm a country boy. I mean, David. Yeah, okay. Rocky All Mountain right. High? Yeah. Have you ever seen an Rocky eagle? Rocky Mountain High, yeah. Yeah. I have, actually. I have. They got him around now, thankfully. Um, thankfully. Endangered Species Act helped with that. Uh, you, you annoy me. I'm glad we covered this, guys. We'll take a quick break here. Uh, We'll get back to to the markets in a moment. Uh, By the way, some new targets on Apple. Deutsche 380, UBS 400, Bernstein 370. We're back in a minute. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. 
For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. Big whipsaw overnight as Navarro said the trade deal was over, but then clarified his comments. Uh, looking for a gain here as the Nasdaq's coming off seven straight wins. S&P up five of seven. Squawk on the street continues in a moment. Four minutes before we get to an opening bell this morning, let's squeeze in a mad dash. Simon Property Group, why? Yeah. Well, David, there's a story in the uh, property report section of the Wall Street Journal saying that they could be teaming up with Brookfield in order to buy some uh, JCPenney, or at least some of the JCPenney. So this is, again, a strategy of th- there's these big holes in the mall. Uh, and I know that David Simon has explained to me that the mathematics of actually taking back the the best parts of the mall that they had, uh, where they had a low-paying tenant. And, and owning the property, it, it's just, what can I say? I mean, they buy the tenant in order to boost the price of the mall. And so, in other words, rather than have them hanging out there in bankruptcy, this is a very smart move. But, David, I have to ask you, what happened to that lawsuit with Talbman and Simon Properties? <laughs> Pro- oh, it's property. still going on, of course, in, in, in state court in Michigan. Tomorrow, actually, Jim, it's interesting, there'll be a, a hearing on the motion for uh, an expedi- expedited trial. That, you might imagine, is something Taubman wants. Get this over as quickly as possible. Right. I believe the judge is actually slated to step down in November he is seen as a law and order guy, perhaps favorable to Taubman. Many people believe their case is a strong one, Jim, but we'll see. So that'll be the next little thing. Uh, do, do they get an expedited trial, meaning perhaps, you know, let's call it in the fall, something like that? Um, don't know, but Simon's going to keep on fighting, even uh, as even if it's seen as a somewhat weak case. Yes, and remember, he doesn't do anything uh, if there isn't a good return on investment. He's paid back, paid $33 billion in distributions. Uh, but again, the mall is problematic. I mean, yesterday there was a, a pretty good piece about a little idiosyncratic, as I talked about it, about how Gap stores may be worth a lot more because of the real estate. And I keep wondering how much of the change from the pandemic has accelerated the decline in the mall. Uh, is the mall considered to be a place that is dangerous to go because it's it's an indoor area where there could be congregations? So I don't know. I, I haven't been to a mall in a long time, and, uh, and actually in, since uh, for six months. And, and I just don't want to go right. back. I'll go to Costco. Well, there is. Yeah. You know, uh, you Carl, gotta, there's the larger question as, yeah. as to whether this crisis has accelerated the decline of retail. Not even a question. We know it has. The question is what it will look like. Uh, and it's not just malls. As we take, what do you, what is that mask? It's. It's also the streets of, of a lot of metropolitan areas, Jim, that are going to be devoid of stores. Oh, David. Uh, what do you do with them? How are they repurposed? I, I, I don't know. These landlords won't, won't cut because they own the buildings, okay? So there's nothing about having an empty storefront that they care about. And yet you and I and Carl, as we go by, we know empty storefronts uh, breed a lot of, uh, uh, of they've bred crime. They've bred uh, a sense of hopelessness. And it is very hard. At least the city has taken away some parking spots and allowed you to put tables out. But I just think that this is we're not ready for this. We're not ready for the boarding up of America. No, but it, it may be I mean, um, may be coming. Mall, it's very much. Yeah. Uh, malls are entertainment, Carl? Jim, uh, whether you go to the 
the cinema that's attached to it or whether you just go and shop. I mean, that's something that can't be replicated on Netflix over time, right? That's people. There's no there's not going to be a substitute for that at at home. But I don't want to be next to someone without a mask. I don't want to be. I thought that was great that Adam Aaron reversed himself for AMC and said, you got to wear a mask. But I certainly uh, don't want to go to. um, Now, I know Planet Fitness is in a lot of malls, and I think that they're doing a great job trying to make it so that it's it's clean. Uh, But I I don't know. Look, I can't be a risk taker. I still think I don't want to be a risk taker in what I do in life, even though I think Planet Fitness of a younger, you know, 25, 30 year old person. No problem. Someone my age, you know, too risky. Look at that green, will you? This is crazy. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> bell. Is everything uh, doing that well? A fair amount of yeah, fair amount of green here at the open. Obviously, as you can see from uh, breadth, uh, Jim. Interesting. Uh, UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson uh, out laid out some reopening uh, policies starting in the m- beginning of July today. Uh, they're going to shorten that so-called two-meter rule down to one meter, which will allow a lot more pubs to open, cinemas, libraries, museums soon. Uh, and say they don't see a risk of a second wave, at least at this point. Well, I think these should really be outside, not inside. Uh, and I, I think that that is unwise. Now, he had the, he had the disease, but uh, look, I'm, you know, I, I, I want to back up. I'm just relying on what Dr. Fauci said. Now, Dr. Fauci has been reversing some things that he said recently. But there was this notion of, uh, Dr. Gottlieb talks about it, of social distancing and how far the droplets can go. And we can't just act as if the... Look at the numbers in Texas and Florida yesterday. The droplets go too far inside and are fine outside. And and so, I mean, Boris Johnson may want to do that, but that that's a way to have a second wave. Uh, You got to be like Taiwan. You got to just have seven people dead out of 23 million. Rigorous economy is probably the strongest economy in the world. I think China's economy is incredibly strong because they they whipped it. And the countries that haven't, I think, are uh, it's questionable. So I think that Boris Johnson, they had a very high rate of infection there. I'm not sure that Boris Johnson is, uh, uh, is doing something that is in sync with the science. Yeah. And as you point out, Jim, we are dealing with a high rate of infection here in terms of testing. Uh, well, you know, um, and hospitalizations going up in certain of these states. But it doesn't seem to be having an impact at all on the stock market, unlike the day a couple of weeks ago when there was that big reaction uh, despite the fact that cases in Florida and Texas and Arizona and a number of other states are significantly higher. Now, we pointed out many times, thankfully, the death rate is lower. It's a younger cohort that seems to be getting it. Perhaps older people are staying in. Uh, younger people obviously do not suffer as much from the virus. Uh, better treatment protocols as well. So that's all good news. But the rates are going up, which right. is not good news at all. And yet the market doesn't seem... Um, Concerned. No, just doesn't the, seem concerned. I mean, the market sees opportunity in, in so well, this is that COVID uh, index that are put together. It's now about uh, $12 trillion. It, these are all companies that do well in a, the time of a pandemic. Uh, I would have thought, given it was my first pandemic, that, uh, that nothing would do well in a pandemic. But instead, tractor supply does incredibly well in a pandemic because people want to be outdoors. Home Depot does well because people are indoors and want to make their office or home into an office Zoom. We talked about that. I could go on and on. And the companies that whose stocks are just really popping are companies that do better in a, a stay at home, work at home environment. I mean, it's amazing how well some of these companies are doing. 
and, and they're not supposed it to is. be well, but the market has nothing to do with the, econ- with the U.S. economy. U.S. economy is small, medium-sized no. business. That's what we've been saying, and that's what a lot of people are, are pointing to. Something else, that's doing, something else that has done quite well during this period, of course, is uh, the capital markets in terms of new issuance, guys, as you know, both debt and equity. And, man, it continues apace. I've been uh, reporting for uh, a couple of weeks now on the expected offering of T-Mobile shares by SoftBank. It was announced yesterday after the close uh, in a filing. We can expect that deal to price after the close tonight. We've all looked at T-Mobile shares, how strong they have been in the face of this. It's about 198 million shares. Previously, I'd said it might be a bit less than 20 billion, but now it's going to be closer to 21 because, of course, the move up in T-Mobile stock price. It does include a mandatory convertible. There's also a rights issue that their T-Mobile is going to give to its shareholders uh, as an opportunity for it to raise some some capital should they choose to do so at the same price that this thing will be offered at. You'd imagine it's going to be lower than where it is right now, 21 billion dollars worth of stock. Uh, Obviously, a a big day for SoftBank, which will reduce its stake in T-Mobile to roughly, let's call it, eight or so percent. Deutsche Tel will continue to be at 43 percent. Again, as I've been reporting, they're not putting new money up to buy shares to take them over 50 percent. What they are doing is protecting their voting rights, protecting their ability to consolidate the earnings of T-Mobile on their balance sheet. Um, But overall, you know, Masa also did make some money on the hedges and the financing given he was financing in yen and, and things of that nature. Uh, but uh, they are dramatically dropping their ownership stake as SoftBank, of course, this started back when they originally bought Sprint. Uh, but a big deal that we'll be watching closely. Well, David, a couple other we quick had two ones others like to, that. Yeah, Regeneron. Yeah. It's price, it, right. it's, uh, you're up 100 and change. And we had uh, BlackRock. And you had PNC. Up 100 and change. Yep. Yep. PNC selling almost a similar in terms of numbers, Jim, you're right. Uh, so we'll see how T-Mobile does here. Yeah. Uh, again, an enormous uh, sale. Uh, I think Goldman and Morgan Stanley uh, sh- uh, shepherding that one. Um, a couple of other quick ones. Uh, we talked about American Airlines yesterday. They got it done. 1350 is where they sold the $750 million worth of stock. And then they did do the convertible, guys. It was a 20% conversion premium, 650, 6.5% coupon uh, and so that's another billion and a half there for American Airlines. And remember PG&E, the bankrupt giant utility? Uh, they're going to be coming out of bankruptcy uh, very soon. And they've got about $4 billion in stock, uh, common stock, that they're selling. And then another $1.2 or so, $3 billion in equity-linked securities as they prepare. But that one has gone in the other direction. That has gone down dramatically there is recovery value in the equity, but it's not what some had expected it would be when they emerge. Uh, but we will watch that closely. Debt capital markets, equity capital markets just on fire. Carl, people just can't stop uh, misunderstanding the concept of liquidity. And I think that we have to explain it almost every day to new people. It, it means there's just a lot more money sloshing around uh, looking for a home. And it's finding a home in these stocks. A lot of companies have had to eliminate their dividend, no longer income producing. So you switch over. I think that the more we explain liquidity, the more people will understand that that that's what's driving this. Well, I mean, we've mentioned uh, M2 Money Supply a couple times on the show. It's just a little wonky uh, for financial news on television, Jim. But look at CRB. 
uh, highest since March. Gold's getting near 1,800. Uh, 10-year break-even, highest since March. So all that money is looking for homes, and it's going to drive prices higher. At least that's what a lot of inflation bulls believe. Yeah, I mean, I think oil is up in part because of, of investing, because driving while up is not up so much. Uh, but it, it doesn't matter. I mean, everything is looking for a home. And when you're looking for a home, you, you're going to bid up stocks. And the stocks that, that are down have to work hard to be down. Um, yeah, guys, there's not much down today, stocks Jim. That are, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly, Carl. I mean, speaking of that, I did want to quickly hit Merck, if I can, uh, back to sort of treatments for the virus. Not a vaccine here. But, you know, a company that I featured a couple of times, Ridgeback Biotherapeutics, remember a couple of weeks ago, signed that licensing deal with Merck. It hasn't closed yet, but this morning Merck gets a very positive uh, write-up from Morgan Stanley, uh, which basically says they think investors underappreciate Merck and Ridgeback's oral antiviral candidate, EIDD 2801, uh, which has blockbuster potential of successful for COVID-19 patients who could take the oral after initial diagnosis, as I've been reporting, reducing disease severity and risk. They have an overweight rating there. They're in trials now, um, they, they, you know, uh, both for patients who've been hospitalized and those who are in early stages. Uh, they are in trials right now right for now. that oral antiviral. And as I pointed out, Jim, many times, it's, it would be so incredibly helpful because it would dramatically mitigate the severity of the virus and it could be taken early onset or even prophylactically if, for example, you were in contact with somebody. And you just were worried about it. And so that could really change a lot of people's oh behavior if it is successful. I'm glad you brought that out because, it, I mean, Merck is, is one that's in the race. That would be amazing. That would be that would be we'd be playing football. You pop a couple of those, you get out on the field. Yeah, I mean, you know, a couple of days. And by the way, they also point out they understand the SARS, the viral load peaks at seven to 10 days. So there's a good window for outpatient treatment to be impactful. <laughs> Now, again, these are small trials right now. They're going to go to larger trials in July, but worth, men- worth mentioning and worth watching closely, guys. That's, that's so positive. Oh, I just I needed to hear that. It's needed something positive besides the market. Why? Uh, Jim? Why? What's wrong? Well, because, yeah. uh, David, a pandemic is not particularly a fun time. I would like to see my family no, other than on Father's Day. All right. I, mean, I, I sent I them away. I, I would like, like you to see them, too. It was kind of like in World War II, like when they sent their families in London away from the bomb. I'm reading that, that book, you know, the guy who wrote tight, the Garden of the Beast. Vile. And, uh, uh, well, that doesn't mean that there's not uh, opportunity for some, Jim. I see Salesforce's couple bucks from an all-time high as they have this new partnership with Siemens uh, to develop a workplace Sweet for COVID safety at, at the office. You know, Mark has done, Mark Benioff has done tremendous work with work.com about how to come back. Uh, Zeman's longstanding client. That is very important. Uh, I'm hoping to have Mark to come on to talk about uh, how to come back, how to do it, because there are ways. I mean, I think a lot of people are really struggling about whether to go back at all. Uh, when I say that is because if you uh, if you do go back, there's a protocol and, and the protocol should be very stiff. I mean, for instance, people say, Jim, why are you wearing this band? Well, it's because I have my temperature taken and my temperature. I'm, I don't have temperature. I mean, I keep it on so that, you know, this is what everyone should do. You have to you know, Mark really is very pro mask. Again, I'm featuring a Hormel mask today. I'll try to feature a lot of different masks if you want to send them to me. But I just think that that Mark's protocol is what you can rely on. And I think that that's terrific. The stock has underperformed his cohort. 
but this is uh, a, this is a nice move in the last two days for Salesforce.com. Yeah, it wasn't too long ago we were uh, worried about uh, channel checks and uh, allowing forbearance for some clients, but the general take among the sell side community at the time was this is what you do if you want to attract clients for the long term. Oh yeah, and I think that Marcus bringing them in. Uh, with this effort, and by the way, he missed the last quarter because he's spending a lot uh, to get these clients. And the companies I had checkpointed last night, they're not spending enough, and their stock's been stuck in the mud for, for many years. If you spend in this market, whether it be Workday, whether it be Salesforce, ServiceNow, uh, these are companies, Adobe, the companies that spend a lot, Coupa Software, they're the ones that are being rewarded with high multiples. Now, you could say they're rewarded with two high multiples. That is a matter of the uh, momentum funds that rule this market right now as they get more money in and the index funds don't get as much money in because the momentum funds are generating amazing performance. Um, you know, Jim, though, I continue to hear from corporations um, this tone of the ability to potentially not necessarily hire back everybody that was laid off or looking for opportunities to save money as a result of the changes that have taken place, whether it be in lack of in-person meetings or not needing to do that anymore. Well, we I just found continue out that, to wonder about the yeah, overall fallout for all these companies in terms some, of employment. Some people are unnecessary. That's yeah. what's been discovered. Uh, the Splendid and the Vile by, uh, by Eric Larson describes uh, an amazing time in Britain. I recommend it. But yes, David, you're absolutely right. I mean, Holy cow, there's a lot of people who didn't come in and they didn't mean anything, which is really sad to be irrelevant. It's be irrelevant. Guys, quick break here. Uh, we are going to talk to uh, MasterCard's president and incoming CEO in a little bit about a, a deal they've got going this morning. In the meantime, S&P 3150 are just about. NASDAQ record high. VIX is back close to 30. We're back in a moment. MasterCard, a $300 billion company, announced it's purchasing open banking company Finicity for $825 million this morning. Joining us now is the president and incoming CEO of MasterCard, Michael Meebach. Michael, thank you so much for coming on Squawk on the Street. Good to see you. Thanks, Jim. Thanks for having me. Good morning, everybody. This is a very interesting move by you because it's really uh, going into open banking, which is kind of the plumbing for digital banks. Uh, why did you have to do this? And is it somewhat of a, let's say, a, uh, an offensive move against uh, Visa, which bought a company, Plaid, that seems like it, uh, they spent a lot more money on it not that long ago? Hey, Jim. So we've um, been uh, active in open banking for years. Um, you know, uh, there's a part of the world where this is regulated, Europe. Uh, we've built uh, our own organic platform in Europe uh, years ago. We went live last year. So we've been leading in open banking. We're all over the continent over there. And we were looking to accelerate our strategy um, in terms of uh, global expansion. So Finicity um, is a fantastic partner for us. We believe the best possible partner that we can have. They have traditionally a very bank-friendly model in terms of what they're doing. They're helping banks to do better credit decisioning. They're helping banks customers. Uh, to make sure they can apply for a mortgage or a loan in a much, uh, much more easy fashion. Um, so here, we've been in it. Uh, this is a logical extension of our strategy. they got good tech and a great team, so we're very excited. Well, I mean, I, I think that MasterCard uh, has always been a very technology-oriented company. Uh, but I, I am trying to figure out, 
exactly how much of a digital bank you could be, uh, given the fact that you facilitate for so many other banks. Yeah, so, um, you know, from, we facilitate basically payments. Uh, we're not facility, uh, facilitating banking services as such, but by a move into open banking, it is going what we do in terms of connecting banks and, uh, and fintechs to consumers goes beyond just payments. There's a bunch of data transactions. For example, if you're a consumer and you're looking for you know, a broader choice in uh, personal financial management solutions, you could go to your bank, but you could go to any one of the neobanks, other rising fintechs, and we would be the trusted partner in the middle that facilitates the transaction. So it's great that we enable choice, but we also do so very um, securely, which comes right back to the role that we've been having in cards for years. Yeah, but Finicity site is, is terrific for being able to get a, a lot of information that other people you wouldn't have. Let me just ask you about where we are in the economy. Uh, the consumer card spending, is it coming back as we open the economy? And uh, is it, it turned positive year over year yet? Yeah, so uh, Jim, as we, as we look around uh, the world, what we're generally seeing is um, there was a first phase where, you know, every government uh, around the world was trying to contain the virus. Spending, obviously, as a result of that, people couldn't leave their house, they couldn't uh, travel, was significantly impacted. Social distancing measures came along, travel restrictions uh, took hold, um, and in the end, things kind of bottomed out and uh, stabilized at a pretty low level. We have generally passed that around the world. So we are now in a um, on a path to recovery, you know, normal things are normalizing as spending levels are coming back. There is a couple of markets around the world uh, where we are in net growth territory uh, over prior, uh, prior year. So there's, uh, there's Italy, there's Poland, there's Australia. It's those markets that have um, either been dealing with this uh, for a longer time um, or have released their social distancing measures earlier than others. Um, here in the United States, we saw, um, you know, 40% of the states um, already in net growth territory. Um, you know, you know uh, that New York City um, is going into uh, phase two right now. So we'll watch those numbers closely. But we've turned the corner and things are getting back um, towards where we were pre-crisis. Michael, that's terrific. I remember in the last quarter, it was very worrisome. Uh, I was starting to think that there couldn't be a, a reversal. And that, that's very good in terms of avoiding any sort of serious recession. How about we ask you about a, another side of things? Um, you are uh, aware, I guess, guess, more than almost any company out there about the, the growth of e-commerce. Uh, e-commerce seems to have accelerated so aggressively in the last three months. What do you see the split between, e- between brick and mortar and e-commerce? Yeah, um, Jim, uh, you know, e-commerce has been on the rise for years, but clearly throughout uh, the, uh, the pandemic, the last uh, three months, we've seen um, a further rise in, in growth rates on the e-commerce side that's domestic, um, even on the cross-border side where people couldn't, couldn't travel, but still cross-border trade was still going on. So uh, it is a more digital economy. People didn't have the choice. They you know, didn't really want to venture out of the house and go into the shop. So they got used to digital user experience. And in often cases, they found it's actually not a bad experience. So even if they were uh, a consumer segment that wasn't traditionally focused on that. So clearly there, there is acceleration. Uh, but even for in-store, um, you know, we're seeing a rise of electronic payments versus cash. Um, so there is a clear anti-cash sentiment out there because people don't want to touch anything if they can avoid it. So contactless payments has been growing dramatically 
um, uh, over last year. So we believe that these two um, trends are going to be trends uh, for the longer run. Um, so we'll see how this all balances out. Clearly, um, consumers will venture into their local shop, uh, shops again to support uh, their small businesses. Um, but at the same time, there will be things that they found so much easier um, over the last three months that they will continue to do. So overall, it's going to be a more digital economy. Um, what does this mean, for example, for the small businesses? There's a lot, of be- uh, um, a lot of businesses that will rebalance. So brick and mortar is important uh, and will remain important, but at the same time, you want to be a multi-channel business and have a digital offering as well. And that's, uh, that's a lot of the work that we do. We get people online, we keep them self and help them grow their business and get it back on their feet. Hey, Michael, to, to Jim's question about the uh, rate of recovery and spending sequentially, are you on guard for any slowdown in that rate of recovery? I ask because today we got new travel, air travel statistics, essentially, that said uh, the one-week rate of change is slowing down. People surmising that maybe uh, there's a bit of worry about a spike in cases in some states. Do you see that? Yeah, so, you know, our experience is um, you know, we have the benefit of seeing this um, in, in all regions around the world. When Asia opened initially, there was a couple of markets that uh, – you know, we're going for a few weeks with lessened and reduced to no social distancing uh, measures, and then they saw a spike in cases, as you just referred to, and it tightened again. Um, and, of course, the impact on the economy and spending that we see is, is pretty direct. So this is not going to be a linear move around the world. Um, so we'll see um, how it goes, uh, something that we can see very closely. But, um, you know, markets are going back and forth to... A, uh, um, it's solved uh, to it's coming back. So we'll, we see both of that. Uh, Michael, just quickly, uh, Wirecard, I got to ask. I mean, can it be bought? Was it fraud? Is there anything left? Yeah, Wirecard, you know, clearly top of mind issue. Um, we've been monitoring this really closely. Obviously, there's an, they're an important player in the industry. Um, right now, uh, you know, there's nothing I can say on specific customer-related topics, but uh, clearly top of mind um, and very much uh, closely followed by us. Got you. All right. Thank you, Michael Meebach. This is a great appearance because I know you're incoming. One, I don't think people realize how important your company really is. And that information you gave us, the things <laughs> are coming back. Gigantic. Thanks. Thank you so much. Thank Thanks, you. Jim. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for having me. Take care. All right. We'll take a break here. Back in just a moment. It's time for Jim and Stop Trading. Carl, a lot of companies were shorted uh, during a period of when we thought there was a recession, whether it be Thor, a, a camping world, uh, and then Yeti. All these companies have come back dramatically. Why? Because the short story didn't pan out, and the outdoor story did pan out. Those of us who have uh, Yeti coolers know how great they are. Uh, a lot of companies give you Yetis as part of their branding. So uh, Piper comes out today and says, buy, me, you know, buy the stock. Uh, Peloton's very similar, by the way. These are just things that have changed the world that you use. Uh, everybody knows Yeti now. They didn't know it before. It's a great stock. It goes higher. Jim, you mentioned Peloton. Yesterday, Stiefel did a street high 62. Today, it's Cowan street high 70. Well, they're just one-upping each other, and it is hard to get one. Uh, and and they are, they're saying it's now no longer just a bike. Uh, it is a tech technology company. Uh, and look, that when that happened to Tesla, look what happened. So the market finds new ways to describe stocks and make them more exciting. Um, if they ever come up and say Vulcan Materials is a tech stock, it's a stone rock company, then I know it's late <laughs> in the game. 
<laughs> um, Jim, how about tonight? What do you got? Got John, John Denver singing rock. No, we lost John Denver a long time ago, David. He was the best. Yeah, we, we have did. Pat Brown on Impossible. They've got news declared to Starbucks. And then Land's End. I mean, you know, it's not a big company, but they know about direct-to-consumer. This was a great show. And um, holy cow, I'm going to send David. Thank God I'm a country boy. Send you a little CD over there. Maybe I can do that with the new, uh, oh, new watch. Siri. Know, I, I didn't say... I didn't say I didn't like him. I just questioned it a little bit. And then you go out on Twitter and make it sound like I'm his, you know, biggest critic for John Denver. Siri, no, who is David Faber? I will happily listen. Who is David Faber? Here's contact information for David Faber. Hey, stop. It knows you. But I won't give your contact yeah, information. Yeah, darn right it knows me. <laughs> All right, thank you. What a world. Uh We'll see you tonight, Jim. Uh, Mad Money, that's going to be a good interview. Of course, as uh, Starbucks launches that impossible partnership, uh, Pat Brown with Jim on Mad Money tonight. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Edinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.